Hello there, welcome to my podcast. It's been a while. I believe the last time we spoke, I was talking to my friend Lee Isabel. And every time I get on to do this, it seems where I can invite people. And I think of Leah. And I really miss the opportunity we had to talk since her passing. It's been a while since I've done a podcast because I kind of left me very introspectively. And it reminded me that as an author, I've met a lot of people in in my travels, meeting different people, different places. And, you know, it never never ceases to amaze me. (coughs) Just the strange ways you meet people that have an impact on your life. It's a very important thing. That's what I want to kind of gear this podcast around. I've been doing a lot of thinking lately. I got this Garmin Phoenix 5X watch that someone had wanted to get a different model and they gave it to me at almost a price that's free. They, they wanted me to have it. And it does a number of things for me. When I go hiking, uh, I can look at the map on my watch. I can do different readings of blood pressure, how many steps you take, how many things. And it's kind of a little strange to me. There's goals. Of, and one is how many stairs you climb in a day. And oftentimes when I uh, go to the bathroom to brush my teeth, it says goal. And I'm like, what, what's the goal? So is, so is life. So is the goal-oriented reason we need to live our lives. Not dependent on so much a watch, but our, our systems of values. Like I said, this podcast is something I want to base on that goal-centered type of reasoning. Where do I where do I begin this podcast? Um, I, I have like three things, three or four things rolling around in my mind, and all kind of intertwine. And I usually write down a a little chart of what I want to talk about, but I'm not, I'm not doing that today. I'm not, I'm not going to limit myself to that. I want to kind of leak, leave it free and it might be a little haphazard in, in a sense, but that's, that's all right. My thoughts are in so many ways, the, the life and people that I've met, but more importantly, the the role models in your life. And what greater role model do you have than your father? You know, I'm sitting here seeing Father's Day is next weekend, I believe. And, And to me, I used to always love Father's Day. Father's Day to me was something that I would, I would look forward to because my father was a fisherman and 
he was he was a good bit older than my mother and growing up it was always always a time that in the summertime we would go and go fishing we would always do something and with his job he was oftentimes away so when we had the opportunity of father's day and spend it with him it was incredibly meaningful to me it was something i needed to have in my life And that all ended about 10 years ago, when my father was going to go to his cousin, Portage, who had died, who was a good friend as well. I, I enjoyed Mary, and uh, he, he turned yellow. His skin started turning yellow, and the hospital, the veterans hospital, said, well, you need to go to your local hospital. And it wound up being he had pancreatic cancer. Hell, hell of a diagnosis. And I remember seeing him struggle through it. Just as for the most part, there are many people online right now that I stand by their causes and their struggles. I've mentioned many of them I consider heroes of mine. And I said, I said to... Brian uh, Walsh's wife the other day, I said, you know, when, when people go through things, the whole family goes through them. Sure, the person with the disease is suffering the most, but when you're a true family, when you have family values, and I don't mean it has to be Christian family values, it can be single family, it can be a Muslim family, it can be a Hindu family, a Buddhist family, it can be anybody any sort of people that form a family unit. You go through it together. And I remember my father saying to me, he, he went through a sort of a depression as he went through all these different stages of trying to fight pancreatic cancer and chemo and everything else. And he was a very rational, deep thinker. He was very stoic, very stoic. And most of the values of Stoicism without the need for reading into the philosophy, which I never really have because it was something I was saw logic and common sense in. The man was a sailor during World War II. And he said to me, he said, you know, I've been on ships and I've had people, a friend of mine, a few hours before that I'm having a beer with them talking about their family, we're all having a good time, and within like a couple hours later, they're dead. And he says, you see somebody get killed right in front of you, and you just, you take in all that story of their life. And I could tell he's very introspective, and I, I said to him something that was very, very difficult to say to him. I said, you know, Dad, I said, you have a diagnosis but you don't have a death sentence. I said, you didn't do anything to deserve cancer. You didn't do anything any of us did. As any one of us can go out tomorrow and have something happen to us. And I said, Dad, you've lived three times in my life. and seen a lot of things, lived a very full life, and a very meaningful life. And regardless of what this fight is, you are who you are.
and we had we had this very impactful you know conversation not going into the details i've done many of them spoken many times about them on other other episodes of this podcast but progressively the the cancer affected him more and more that last father's day i just just posted this on what was it twitter the other night and i was very candid about it Let's see if i can find it very candid about this It sums up my whole thoughts for this podcast. You can you can take it for what it's worth. Surprisingly, nobody has uh, even hit like on this. I don't think they understand what I meant about about this. But uh, I said I said two things mainly. Before we sink back into our egos and normal living, whatever that is, we need to ask us what this year has taught us. We've lost so many great people, not what legacy you leave behind, but what proof you truly lived is. That's about and called altruism. And secondly, the most important is I wrote, when my father was dying from pancreatic cancer, that last Father's Day meant the most. It wasn't about things bought or anything, but rather time spent. Remember, that is what truly matters. And hell, buy your dad's something great this year on me. Your time. In other words, your time is the most important thing you have. When you have somebody that you believe they're going to live, you want them to live, and nothing can take that hope away from you, um, you expect them to live. You you have this knowledge that... Uh, Buying them something, buying them something that uh, will span time is not something you necessarily need to give as a gift because you don't have time. You give them something material, unfortunately, they're not going to be around to... uh, to enjoy it and if you say oh next year we'll be doing this or we could do that you you realize very quickly that in many senses no you're not so you sum up this this grief you're going through you're actually going through a stage of grief before it happens but then you don't want to waste your time because it's your last father's day with your father and I don't mean this to be pessimistic in any way for anybody. I don't want you to think about it. There's the stoic thought of thinking about things so you're prepared for them. 
to know that, you know, if you go hunting, you want to make sure that you have every precaution and think of every bad thing that can happen to you. That's very true. And in many sense, Buddhists look at compassion and try to think of people suffering in the world when they feel bad for themselves and to take that realization and grow your compassion from it. You can either let it make you become cold or you can really feel a lot more. And I'm going for the latter because to feel a lot more means you're opening yourself up to incredible pain. And you may very well lose all of these foundations you have in life that hold you fast to your identity. This is where a strong, self-actualized person survives because a strong, self-actualized person has a strong identity that's beyond all the other things that they think define them. In the end, what can anybody truly take from you or anything? And what is to be lost? That's what I meant by legacy. And I, I, I really grasped that concept because that moment with my father and saying that, you know, in many sense, these material things do not matter. And you don't want to be depressed and, and down and feeling lost and depressed that somebody's dying because they're still alive. And that was my point to my father was you are still alive. Nobody has, can say when you're going to die. Live every day at its most impactful and powerful. And of course, my father knew all this because he was the one that taught me this. But it, it needed that just to rehear it, just to build from it, just to find his bearing. Out in that sea of grief with no horizon. Facing an overwhelming odds of this, this disease. And it's all fine and dandy to talk about it in these vast, beautiful, poetic ways. After the fact. But when you're going through something similar... And we all will in different ways and forms in our lives. It's not anywhere near easy and there's no sense of faith and understanding in that whole vast expansive pain. It might be your own life. It might be your own life. In a Father's Day, the, the greatest gift is being who you are and being there for them. And then, you know, 11.55, 11, 11 midnight, the day is over. That is your last Father's Day with your father. Ten years ago, I was going through that on this very day. Ten years and I don't know what's worse. I know I have friends of mine who have lost their father suddenly. 
shock is awful. I lost mine with long stages of watching of disease kill him. Even now, I support all these pancreatic cancer researchers, organizations. And I'll wear purple, but I hate the word. I hate associating that fight with him. I, I do it, and it pains me every time just to even think about it, to associate him with that disease, because I hate so much what he went through. Because my father was not somebody that cared about himself, but uh, cared about his family. That was his power. That was what mattered to him. He cared about his three children to my mother and to my older brother. More than anything else on this earth, even himself. But 10 years ago, I was dealing with this situation and trying to find a rational way to think of Father's Day and then going through the, the, the whole summer. And all these stages of even my own selfish need to say, I just want to feel alive. After he passed away, I went camping because I wanted to feel alive. How truly great a father is in one's life. So I, I want to talk about how this all inner inner loops. Uh, I had this weird dream the other night. My father's necklace, which he never wore one, but my father's necklace broke. And I go to New York City. And not one of my favorite poets, but one of the great Beat Generation poets, who I do consider one of my favorites, but he kind of a really great writer, I'll say, it was Allen Ginsberg, and he was doing fixing jewelry, and I'm like, it's Allen Ginsberg, and he goes, shh, don't tell people who I am, and I'm like, how could they not know you're Allen Ginsberg, and he says, oh, I'm fixing jewelry, and he's like, I can fix your jewelry, but I can't fix your karma, and I forget the whole dream, but I woke up laughing, and I understood what it meant, because I've been reading a book, Oh, no, I know what the rest of it was. I said to him, yeah. I said, you're Allen Ginsberg. I said, you know, you knew Jack Kerouac. And he said, oh, yes. I said, my father and him used to be in the Merchant Marines together. And I'm telling Allen Ginsberg this story about my father. And it was so, so strange because it was so real. And he kind of laughed and said, well, there's stories there. You know, you know, there's stories where they're drinking cognac and the women and all that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> In the World War II, man, everything happened. And uh, we laughed about it. And he said something to me that I know I took from this book I've been reading, but subconsciously he said something to the effect of, do you know the story of your father? 
And I said to him, you know, I thought about writing a book about my dad, but I don't even know where to begin. It's not that I can't write down the, the things that would be in it, but just to put it together and talk about his life before I was born, I, I wouldn't know where to begin. That's something I know pieces of and I can talk about and go to places, but I would never begin to write about his travels in World War II. And I could I could compile all this, all the um, information. The information's fine. It's there. But the stories, I can't tell the stories because I wasn't there. I don't know his friends. I don't know that mm, that powerful, just human side of it. And I, I thought about that because one of the books I've been reading lately is this book by um, one of my, I'm not going to say spiritual guides, but one of those psychologists that there have been many that have captured something that the way they spoke or the way they talked was on my own belief systems in many ways. And that was Wayne Dyer. He passed away shortly after my father did. And Wayne, Wayne wrote incredibly honest, true, self-guided books. There was a lot of marketing and with the self-help sections, shall we say. You go to the bookstore with Wayne's sections and you see self-help. A lot of the books I wouldn't put any stock in. But Wayne's or you see I saw a Wayne Dyer book. I picked it up and I knew I was going to be getting an honest, real, in-depth window to his thoughts. I was reading his book on, I believe it was, there's a Solutionary Spiritual, I, I can't think of the name of the book, but you, you know, if you, if you know his books, you know what I'm talking about. He talks about his life, <coughs> sorry, his life as a, as a psychologist, a teacher, going into writing, meeting his wife, all these things, these kids, and he's growing from it, and he begins the book with his father that had passed away, he never knew him, and you realize with Wayne's life that part of his life made him become very much a part of his children's lives. So when Wayne, when Wayne passed away, I didn't know the whole story of it. I didn't know anything about it. I, I shared conversations with him. Nothing like we were great friends or anything. I think when I say that, is that there's a certain place you put in your life for your teachers, your girlfriends, your true friends, people in that circle. People you admire. And that's what it is. And um, when you focus on that, you uh, see that the those people you, you meet with on a very human level and, and souls recognize one another based on that.
souls recognize each other based on the frequencies that they operate on. That's much the same way that I felt with this, this book by Wayne Dyer that I read. And of course, I didn't know what his kids would be like when they were um, very much part about writing this book about him, the knowing. And Mrs. Sage and Serena on this because when I first read the first chapter they gave out for free, it really touched me deeply on just how incredibly profound it was honest about their father and his loss. And then the rest of the book on the knowing, which was the most important part. It was about the actual knowing of the experiences that let you know the person's still with you. There's one they talk about when his one daughter realized she was pregnant. <laughs> and uh, the, whole, the whole situation in dealing with a psychic. It's a book I really want to encourage everybody to read, especially with Father's Day coming up. It's a book that in many ways has helped me to understand the grief process that I went through on a different wavelength. There's something that they say in there that if you want to reach out to someone who's passed on, you have to be at that level of spiritual awakening and free yourself of all those feelings you've had of loss. So I'm going to ask everybody, please look into this book of Knowing by Sage Dyer and Serena Dyer Pisani. Please do. And again, with Father's Day coming up, remember, oh, please remember, it's not the gift that you give your father. That's part of it. It's wonderful to be able to. The greatest gift you can give anybody. It's truly your time and being there for them. That goes for friends too and family and everybody. In this age where people focus many ways on their egos, it's good to have that altruism to know that we're all in this together. So have a great, wonderful Father's Day, all of you, and uh, think of all of us out there that no longer have our fathers and uh, are living vicariously through and with you. Thank you.